This is the OKC82 Podcast with Chisholm Holland and Brady Trantham on the Franchise Podcast Network. What's going on, OKC82 Podcast listeners? Chisholm Holland, Brady Trantham here for your weekly NBA show live from the press down here in the Plaza District. Great place to come grab some macaroni, which is what I just had. Don't tell my wife. It was so good. It was incredible. It uh, looked good. I didn't have it. Yeah, but, Brady, you yeah. had a salad. Of course I did. I'm basic. Basic. No, you weren't on the sorority girl diet, though. The salad vodka diet. Salad vodka with a side of air, please. The side of air, please. Yeah, n- none of that. But uh, definitely gotta, gotta great fit. Food. Great food down here at the press in the Plaza District. An awesome place. If you're ever in Oklahoma City, this is an awesome place to come swing by, have some good soul food. Uh, definitely fill you up. They have a ton of local beers here on tap. A couple different bars inside this restaurant, and it is always a great time at the press. And let me tell you, if I could decorate my house and my wife's wife wasn't involved, I'd be pretty close to this. I know it's a weird style, how, Brady. How, how involved is your wife with the interior decorating at the Chisholm household? 100%. 100%? The only room I got to decorate, I'll let you guess. Is the man cave. The man cave, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, do you like... No, would, I do have... Would I you have want ve- to? I have veto power. Okay. Like if, she ha- if she's like, hey, I was going to buy this, do you like it? <laughs> I got to put my foot down. 95% of the time, I'm like, yes. There has been like two items since we've owned the house. I go, unless, we, unless you want me to sleep in a hotel room from now on. I'm, yeah. we're, not putting that, we're not putting that decorative plant right in the corner right there. We're Just, not big plant people. Not a lot of plants. You, so you like global warming. Oh, <laughs> that was harsh. That was harsh. We, I hate fauna. I just hate it. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Burn uh, the Amazon down <laughs> for all I care. <laughs> we have a really exciting episode for you guys today. Uh, it is almost All-Star Week. Oh, Thank wait. No, God. It's no, no, it's not. not. we got a few weeks. It's almost trade deadline. Yeah. So I uh, I already told you this, Brady, but I'll tell the listeners as well. They're changing up how they're doing the All-Star announcements this year. Normally, they just tell you, hey, here's all the All-Stars. Here's a list of them. And here's your two captains. And they, they've been holding the draft and then the game. Here's what they're doing this year on January 23rd, which is tomorrow, uh, the captains and the starters for each conference will be announced. Mm. The, cap- the captains and the starters. A week from tomorrow, on January 30th, that's when they'll announce the reserves. So the seven reserves from each conference will be announced that day. A week from then, on February 2nd, they will be holding the draft between the two captains, who we can go ahead and assume is LeBron James and Giannis. And on the 14th is the actual game. So for the next four Thursdays. When are the coaches and the assistant coaches named? Is that like? Yeah. That, yeah. You know what? You're right. Yeah, what a the, missed opportunity. And then the floor sweeper, mopper, towel boys, Gatorade boys. They just need to do this year around. Every Thursday of the year, <laughs> they give us a little more detail about the All-Star game. So for the next month, we're going to be gaining information about this All-Star game that's going to be taking place in the NBA. But this Thursday, we'll learn about the captains and the starters. So you and I thought this is a good time. Uh, All-Star stuff is starting to come out. Rioters are starting to tell you who they're voting for. Uh, podcasts are starting to talk about it. So, as you mentioned earlier, we're basic bitches. So. Yeah, we got to jump right in. we got to jump right in. got to jump right in. So I think the easiest place to start is the Western Conference, and we'll talk about the locks, the people who, okay, we don't care who you are, we don't care who you cheer for. It's really hard to not imagine that these names are All-Stars this year. Let me tell you the names that I had as locks. Here, if you have any that you disagree with. First off, the starters in the West, the five are, I, I can't imagine they yeah. want to pick anybody different here. Luca, Harden, Kawhi, LeBron James, Anthony Davis is the five starters. Now, Thunder fans out there, I get you if you're an initial reaction. Say, well, Kawhi hasn't played enough games. He's played 34 games this year. He's only missed seven. Yeah. Like, he, he's played He's played plenty up to this point in the year. And just as, again, as a reminder, the starters are named tonight. 
Well, okay. I was, I was just, tomorrow. I was just going to say, is there enough time for Harden to play himself out of, like, a lock? No, because he's going to be a starter. Because, my God, he's been awful. Yeah, so some of these... Ever since he got that haircut or that different hairstyle, he has been terrible. So I sat down to do this this afternoon, and I, I looked up the schedule of, okay, when do they announce the All-Stars? Yeah. And that's when I found out about the fact that they're doing the captains and the starters tomorrow, and then a week later, the noon reserves. They actually are announcing the, the All-Star team, essentially, a week earlier than they did this time last year. Last year, they announced the All-Stars on a Monday, and they did the draft on a Thursday. Yeah. This year, they're obviously dragging it out. So there's about two weeks that are getting taken off of the starters and about a week that's getting taken off of the reserves. So some guys who I had circled as they haven't played enough games yet, but maybe by the time the votes are due and the teams are due, they'll have played enough games to play themselves into it. You know, Carl Downs, Paul George, guys like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I don't think they're going to have enough time. I, I think some of these guys are going to get disqualified just based off games played. But no, Harden, I think, is going to be a starter tomorrow afternoon. I can't imagine there's another guard that's going to jump over him. He's leading the league in scoring. His per 36 numbers, let's see, I had him right here. Uh, he's averaging 35.6 points per 36 minutes. I mean, it's hard to argue with that. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Now, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. He's still not immune to having a bad stretch. Like, he's going he's gonna to course correct at some point. He's probably the best guard in the West. Yeah. Almost, almost averaging 37, minute, 37 points per game. Uh, his PER is just over 30. So he's going to be in there. So those five starters are a lock. I can't imagine anyone has different uh, on the five starters. I only had three reserves that I locked. Okay. So remember, there's seven res- reserves on each team. These three, I said, okay, no matter what, these guys are in. Donovan Mitchell. Okay. Utah Jazz, obviously – have been playing very, very well lately, and I can't imagine you can look at Utah, and I know Rudy Gobert's good, and I know that they signed a bunch of free agents. Donovan Mitchell's their best player, and it, it's yeah. by a pretty considerable margin in my eyes. So I agree. I don't know how you don't give Donovan Mitchell a ton of credit for where Utah is currently sitting in the standings. Nikola Jokic? Ooh. I think he's not as good as last year. Yeah. He's not MVP level, but no. he's, all, he, he's certainly all-star but, level, but yeah, as but, a lock, I'm like that's where I'll disagree. So I, I started this process... I basically just made a list of every player, and I, you know, my initial list was, okay, these are the guys I think, just off the top of my head, no matter what, they're in. Jokic was a guy I had originally on the bubble, and then I just went and looked at his numbers, and he's been pretty outstanding. 17 and 10 and 6, he's on pace. Right, and so, I mean, 17, 10 and 6 is it's pretty close to what he averaged last year. His offensive rating is through the roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has the biggest plus-minus differential on his team. Like, he's the most important player on the Denver Nuggets who at large stretches of the season have been the two seed in the West. Yeah. So I, I can fully admit that he is not as good as he was last year, and I don't know if that's a shape thing or what, but I think he's good enough to be a lock for the All-Star game. I, I think he separated himself enough from the big group we're about to get to. Yeah. Uh, and then the third name I had was Damian Lillard. And that's going to be a lot of people are going to say, ah, the you know Portland stinks. Wait till I get to my three reserve locks. <laughs> yeah, so, so true. Damian, uh, the Portland Trailblazers stink. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Uh, I don't think Damian Lillard could do a whole lot about Hassan Whiteside. I don't think Damian Lillard could do a whole lot about <laughs> the fact can. that they, they signed Mario Hazonia yeah. and then had to replace him with Carmelo Anthony. Like, There's just some things that are out of his control. And he's, he's played so well this year. I just can't imagine a situation where he doesn't make it. So those are my three reserve locks. Do you have any of those or all of those? Yeah, well, sp- speaking of Hassan Whiteside, I- I'm still f- 
trying to pick myself up. Are you going to pick the, him for the All-Star game? No, no, no. I'm still trying to pick myself up off the floor from your tweet, your hypothetical trade the other day. You don't where, like that? Where the Thunder got Hassan Whiteside. I'll just speak. But in a roundabout way. I will speak for Thunder fans everywhere. Hell the fuck no. I, in a roundabout <laughs> way. Everyone's going to think I was talking about, you know, trade Danilo Gallinari. I don't think that's what I was doing. No, I, I, I think I got what you were just – go ahead. Uh, so to make it – I made it really complicated at first. I had, like, a ton of people going on, and I just made it the simplest version. So essentially, the Thunder trade Chris Paul to the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah. Philadelphia trades Al Horford to the Portland Trailblazers. The Portland Trailblazers trade Hassan Whiteside and Anthony Simons to Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma City also gets Zaire Smith from Philadelphia. So Oklahoma City getting two lottery picks. One in Zaire Smith is a total lottery ticket. No telling if that guy's going to be in the league in two years or if he's going to be a starter. He's yeah. really, really talented, but no one knows. Anthony Simons, I think on some level, is a proven commodity. Now, he's a good rotation. Do you want to argue about his ceiling and floor? Sure, but yeah. he's going to be in the NBA for 10 years. Like I don't I don't feel uncomfortable saying that. Like, and he's a, an asset. Yeah, and so he's a young asset that has drawn a lot of interest to Portland already at this point. So that was my thought process. Yeah. But anyway, I just all I saw at first was Hassan Whiteside, Oklahoma City. Did like, you know, like the Philadelphia fan base? I don't know if you listen to uh, the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast uh-uh. and stuff of like that. Philadelphia fans want Chris Paul bad. Of course they do. Bad. Of course I they mean, do. Now, them saying, you do, oh, we, Would you do Chris Paul for Ben Simmons straight up? Philadelphia wouldn't do that. Why? Why would they not do that? Because no. Chris Paul's so much older. That, does that make him better this year? Probably. But Philadelphia's window right now looks think, to be like seven well, years. And uh, that would shrink it down to Chris two. Chris Paul's remaining years on his contract. Do you think he'll he'll be as good as he is when by the time his contract is up? No. I, I, I think so. I, I don't think there's any reason for us if to believe that. If he was 75% or 80 sure, I could see that. But he's not going to be this good. Well, he's well, going to be this good three years from now. Why not on a team like Philadelphia that has talent, like elite talent around him? Maybe. Like, his game isn't predicated on athleticism. He could play like this for another two or three years, and it wouldn't surprise me. Now, if he falls off because, like, father— He's going to be 37 in that last year of that deal. Now, LeBron James is the exception to the rule. Yeah. Carl Malone is the exception to the rule. This will be the plant-based diet. Uh, You know, this will be the test for that, I guess. It will. I guess guess going back to my three— Yeah, uh, My my three reserve locks. Not my fake Sixers trade. So, I agree with uh, Dame and uh, Donovan Mitchell. Okay. Not— not Jokic. Not Jokic. Okay. I got to go Brandon Ingram. Maybe it's, okay. just, maybe it's just because I want him in the All-Star game. I want. I, I just want him. And it, it's funny because what's New Orleans' record right now? What are they, 17 and 27? Yeah, you remember when I talked about them last week? Yeah, they went on, they've been on such a hot streak. They've been on such a hot streak, but they were, there's now only 17 and 27. So I get if you want to have like the argument like Dame, like the Portland Trailblazers have been an utter disappointment, so why should Dame be a lock? I mean, once you're getting into the reserves, I think you kind of throw away all the, okay, what, what's the team been doing? I think you get more involved with, okay, this player versus that player, this player's season versus that player's season. And with what Brandon Ingram's doing, what his what shooting splits, 50%, nearly 39%, 84%. And he's the offense he, and right he's now. The guy, and now they just got, they got back Drew Holiday. He had a really good game the other night. I think he was like 7 to 10 from the three-point line. So that's going to help. But that's, that's, was, you, was, can, you can maintain that. Yeah, and was Zion getting... Who knows? Zion to me is a wild card. I don't. I, I don't know what to expect. I don't know what we should expect. Uh, for and that's tonight, isn't it? In San Antonio, it is. His return is tonight. Uh, exciting fact. So you know, last week I really talked about New Orleans possibly making a run at the eight seed. They're only a few games back. Yada yada yada. Made this big case. Do you know what's the easiest remaining schedule in the Western Conference? 
by it, a considerable margin. Is it New Orleans or Oklahoma it City? It is indeed New Orleans. Okay. New Orleans has the easiest schedule in the Western Conference. Okay, so he has like the fourth or yeah. fifth, yeah. But the gap between one and two between New Orleans and Phoenix is large. Yeah. Large in projected wins. So New Orleans really, and the good thing for New Orleans as well, is they have a ton of home games down the stretch. Yeah. So they're is, gonna, Mi- is Memphis's schedule hard? Because they're like 20 and 23 right now. They're, middle they're, of the road. They're in a good spot, but I don't know how sustainable it is. Yeah, they're right in the middle of the road. So New Orleans is a team to watch on the outside. I don't hate Brandon Ingram. I put him in the clump of everybody else. You know what I mean? I just mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. So I put him in the list of all the other guys to pick from uh, as a for sure lock. Well, so, okay. How about Brandon Ingram, Paul George, Devin Booker? Who 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 here, gets I'll in? Get, as I'll get the you in. Okay, so I think Paul George gets in like when we're talking about reality. But in terms of like these players' seasons individually, I I'll give it to Brandon Ingram. Okay. So it, just doing this exercise that I did, replacing Jokic with Brandon Ingram as one of your locks, you need four of the following names. Rudy Gobert, Chris Paul, Paul George, who's missed 18 games this year, played in 26, Russell Westbrook, Shea Gildas-Alexander, John Morant, Carl Anthony Towns, who has played in 26 games, missed, 20, missed 17, and is likely to miss more. Yep. Devin Booker or Nikola Jokic. Four of those names. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys, four spots. I think Paul George has played enough. So I'll, Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, Carl Anthony Towns has not played enough. And also... Car- Paul George has missed more games. Wait, I thought you said... That they- Paul George has played in 26, missed 18. Carl Anthony Towns has played in 26, missed 17. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I missed but Carl Anthony Towns is still currently hurt, so he's going to miss more time. Okay. Well, I mean, it goes out... T- I guess just the starters go out tonight. Um, maybe it's just because I've seen Paul George play more on TV yeah. than I've seen Carl Anthony Towns. Sure. So, um, I assume Paul I, George is going to sit more games between now and then. I can't. He has not been playing on back-to-backs and stuff like that, so I assume he's going to sit more. Do they sit Kawhi and Paul on the same nights? Generally, no. Usually, if there's a back-to-back, so they, one of them will sit the front end and the other one will sit the back. So they really stagger them. Okay. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll Rudy just, Gobert, I'll, Chris I'll, Paul, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Shea. John Morant, Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, Nikola Jokic. If I'm picking players over players, Paul George over Carl Anthony Towns, and if I'm picking center over center, go Gobert, because mainly I don't want to see any more tears in a scrum. Okay. So Gobert, and also Gobert's had a better season. Gobert and Paul George are in for you. Yeah. Okay. So two more. Chris Paul, Russell, Shea, John Morant, Devin Booker, Jokic. We had this – I mean, we've, everybody's had this argument over the last few weeks, like Chris Paul over Russell Westbrook, because that's basically what this is going to come down to. Shea and Ja are too young, and they haven't done enough. Okay. Um, ja has the green light to do everything, and it's been impressive, but when you're talking about over Russell or Chris, uh, I don't know. So it comes down to Russell and Chris. Chris has had the better season because he's helped his team win more games. He's leading the league in clutch scoring, all those things. Um, he's instilling a winning culture with Oklahoma City and their young talent, blah, blah, blah. Russell's had the – he's the star. Like, he's the easier star name. Sure. He, he has the star numbers. So, it's probably going to go to Russell. But, I mean – This if is it, your vote, though. But if it, were up to me, if it were up to me, like, I, I'd have to go Chris. Okay. I just – like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I understand – I will admit that I get kind of – I don't know. I – my standard isn't uniform with every single player in every single situation. It's just a feel thing. And Chris has just had a better season than Russell Westbrook because I thought going into the season that Houston would be a fantastic regular season team. And them as the sixth seed right now, 
incredibly disappointing. And yeah, two out games the, out of the seven. Out of the handful of games that I've seen Houston play, Russell has typically been the better individual player, and it's been like James has had a bad night shooting. PJ Tucker's been a no show. Eric Gordon wasn't there. Like it hasn't always been Russell Westbrook, but he's on that team now. They've been a disappointment. There has to be a common denominator, especially when you go back to the last two years of those Thunder teams with Russell Westbrook and Paul George, also disappointing around this time of year. And I'm sorry, like, I know I love Russ for what he did for Oklahoma City and Oklahoma, but um, Chris Paul's had the better year. I don't think that's really up for debate. Okay, one more. Russell, Shea, John Morant, Cat, Devin Booker, Nikola Jokic. Oh, Jokic. Okay. So Jokic does make your team. Yep. So your snubs, Russell Westbrook, Shea Gillis-Alexander, John Morant, Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, that's, your, that's the people who did not make your team. Yep. All right, so mine are different. <laughs> Russell's going to make it. Like, I, I understand that. Like, any – again – I think it, it's likely. I think there's an outside chance. Again, not saying it's the likely to happen, but there's an outside chance that he doesn't make it. I really he, do. He's barely made it the last few years. Right, I really do. Okay, so my reserve locks again were Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard, who me and Brady both shared in that. But I had Jokic over Ingram. Yep. My four reserves – Rudy Gobert, who we agree on. Chris Paul, who we agree on. Here's my argument against Russell Westbrook, and I mean this. If you're out there and you're a big Russell Westbrook fan, totally get it. If I was an Oklahoma City fan, I would be a big Russell Westbrook fan. Go look at all. I don't mean some. Go look at every single lineup data about Russell Westbrook and find me one lineup that he makes better that's played more than 30 minutes. Yeah. Now, you can go find, like, these four guys with Russell played for two minutes and they were a plus four. I'm talking about go find a lineup that has played consistent minutes where Russell is a net positive. The Rockets are better with Russell on the bench. The Rockets are worse with James Harden on the bench and Russell on the floor. They're they're a better team when Russell and James Harden are both on the bench as opposed to when Russell's on the floor without James Harden. Yeah. It doesn't exist. He Now, my eye test tell me that he's been their best player for about a week, this most recent week. But the numbers say that's hard to argue with that he is not helping winning there. And it's affecting James because sure. he has been terrible from the th- specifically from the three-point line even at home. Because I was watching the Thunder uh, Rockets game from the Houston broadcast side, and they put out the stat that he had been shooting 28% in their previous four home games from the three-point line. Sure. So they couldn't, they couldn't remember like off the top of their head a worse stretch um, home-wise for James Harden in the last few years. And so in the reverse of that, Go find me a number that shows Chris Paul isn't helping Oklahoma City win all these games. You can't. Mm. You can't. And so one guy is leading a team to winning a lot more games than they should, and it's very easy to make the case that Russell Westbrook is leading the Houston Rockets to a lot more losses than they should. That's enough for me. That's enough for differentiator. All right, so i got two more spots. Paul George, for me, has not played enough games. I've already made my case against Russell Westbrook. Shock. Shea Gilles-Alexander, he's had a really good, nice year. I think he's been the beneficiary of being the third the third guy that teams are planning for. I think when people are lining up for Oklahoma City, they say, okay, we need to shut down Chris Paul. We need to shut down Danilo Gallinari. And what are we going to do with Shea? I think that's kind of the conversation. Yeah, uh, Shea is starting to find his aggression, sure. especially on the defensive glass, and it's helping the Thunder out a, a ton. Yeah, his rebounding has been great yeah. in the past, I don't know, three weeks. Mm. Carl Anthony Towns also has not played enough games. So my list at that point, two spots, was between John Morant, Devin Booker, Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram was an easy selection over those other two guys for me. His numbers are awesome, and he's played so well. And 
as we mentioned, New Orleans has been a little hot lately, and I think they're an outside chance of making the A seed, and I think that's a large part because of Brandon Ingram. He's yeah. been – this went from, oh, wow, he's had a really nice month to now – I mean, he's had a really nice half to the season. 41 games is enough yeah. to draw a conclusion that maybe this guy's really turning a corner. Brandon Ingram are easy. Then I put John Morant. And I get it, he's a rookie. His, his numbers don't jump off the page like Devin Booker's does. But he's, what helping, was our, he's helping that team win. Exactly. So what was our expectations for Memphis coming into the year? None. They'd be a one, two, three in the lottery? They'd be where New Orleans was prior to this um, winning streak that they've been sure. on. Sure. I mean, or this hot streak. We thought streak. they were going to be lucky to win 20 games this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's, that's at least what my expectations were. And so maybe my expectations were, you know, ill-placed. But they're 20 and 23. They're in the AC. They have an outside chance of making the playoffs. And it's really hard to not say, yeah, Brandon Clark's been good. Sure. Jonas Valanciunas has been taking advantage of weird matchups all the time. Sure. But John Morant's the reason this is all working. Yeah. He's been – I watched a lot of him at Murray State like the last third of, his, of this past year. And I was like, oh, that guy's got a chance. You know, he's going to be really good. He's got a chance to be a really good scorer. I was not prepared for him to be this good of a passer. I was not prepared for him to see – uh, defense is the way that he is, and being able to dissect that. He's the reason their offense for a month was the second-best offense in the league. He's raised their bar by himself a ton more than Devin Booker has. You know why? Because Phoenix is exactly where they always are. They're 18-25 and 25 on the year. They're a little bit better than they were last season, but they're not going to make the playoffs. And, again, Phoenix is struggling to win games in spite of having a ton of lottery talent. Memphis is winning games in spite of having not any lottery talent. John Moran's the only lottery pick. <laughs> you know, so, like, he, he's winning with this ragtag group of late first-round picks, and he's gotten him into the eighth seed. And maybe it's just because I have a lot of Devin Booker. I get that you're throwing up a whole bunch of numbers, but I hate guys who score a ton of points on teams that always lose. And I know some of that's their fault and some of it isn't. The guy got drafted to Phoenix. Like, there's only so much that he could do. I yeah. get that. <clears throat> But at this point, with how weak the bottom of the Western Conference is, Phoenix should be winning a lot more games than this. And they went through a really ugly ugly stretch. And so if Devin Booker was one of those guys, he would be able to get three or four extra wins like John Moran has this yeah. year for Memphis. And it's unfortunate for Phoenix because they did start off, what, 7-2, and 7-3 and three or whatever, and then um, DeAndre Ayton gets Yeah, they're the third-best defense suspension. in the league. And we're all like, eh, okay. Then, he comes, then Ayton comes back and then immediately rolls his ankle. So they've had some unfortunate – you know, injuries here and there and suspensions. But um, you, you got to play with the hand that you're dealt. Devin Booker has just continuously done what Devin Booker has been able to do over his career, which is score, put up some nice numbers, and you can see the talent. And all you think of, man, I'd like to see him on a better team, but he's still a Phoenix. But with Jean Morant, like, I, I mean, look, is it as simple as saying, like, he puts the same type of pressure on a defense that Russell Westbrook did in his prime, but the only difference is, is Jean Morant can shoot? Well, he's like shooting 40% on three attempts from three. Uh, no, not quite 40%. I think he's like 34. 34? Yeah, he's shooting nine threes a game. I mean. Oh, let me pull up basketball reference. Let me do the good. Ba- oh, I'm so sorry. I'm an idiot. Who are you? you John who, Morant. Yeah, John Morant shoot 39%. I typed the word yeah. Luca. Oh, no, no. So 40. then I was reciting Luca's numbers off the top of my head, which is why I said 34 Basketball reference says um, .405 on 2.3 attempts there for John Morant. Uh 49% from the field, seven assists. Russell was getting seven assists in year two, year three. I mean, is it as simple as, like, he's just a better shooting Russell Westbrook? I think there's a better foundation for 
un- seeing the floor before it occurs. When the floor How about is- this? I think if you want to tell me that at this point in their careers they're the same impactful on the floor, sure. I think John Morant is exponentially better in the half court than Russell was yep. his, second, his first year in the league. Now, I think Russell was way more explosive in transition than John Morant is right now. And John Morant's pretty explosive, but that, I mean, Russell was really something yeah. when he got the ball with a full head of steam. I think John Morant is, though, drastically better than Russell was in the half court, at least in my eyes. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. It's, um, I mean, if he makes it. Have I convinced you? Yeah, I, I just don't know who I'd put him in over. Now, you see you have Paul George in there with 26 games. I, lo- I mean, I, I just I, I can't deny the Paul George is just a perfectly balanced basketball player. He's an all star. Yeah, and then some of it is the re- the reality of the situation, which is why I won't be surprised if Russell makes it because the reality of it is Russell moves the needle. Still, he's an all star, just like Paul George does. Well, and you know the coaches are the ones who are selecting the reserves, and they tend to treat it like you have to lose your spot. Someone has to be so much better than you for them it, to take your spot it's away. Such a, it's a respect thing. And that's, you know, in reality, that's not, it should be trying to be the 12 best guys from the conference. That's what it should be. Don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. No, I didn't pick Russell Westbrook last. Remember that? I was like, well, who did you pick last? Yeah. So please inform me who you picked last. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Your, my Western Conference All-Stars are Luka, Harden, Kawhi, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Donovan Mitchell, Jokic, Lillard, Gobert, Chris Paul, John Morant, Brandon Ingram, your Western Conference All-Stars are Luka, Harden, Kawhi, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Donovan Mitchell, Ingram, Lillard, Gobert, Chris Paul, Paul George, Jokic. There's a lot of good team basketball players on that team. Do you feel good about yourself right yeah. now? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, let's go to the Eastern Conference. This is where, so, I think the better players are in the West. The f- more fun combinations are in the East. The East is way more fun to talk about. Yeah. Because there's, okay. no, there's no Victor Oladipo. No, Kyrie, Vic- Irving, Kyrie Irving hasn't played enough. He's played 22 games, I think, on the top of my head. Yeah, and Brooklyn sucks. And, <laughs> which is sad because I think they're the eighth seed. Um, I agree with you. So here are my, here are my starters. Guard, Kimball Walker. Mm-hmm. Giannis Embiid, Pascal Siakam. I assume that's everyone's front court. The guard is Kimball Walker. That second guard spot... I think it's really, really up for debate. And a lot of people are going to have a lot of different arguments. So I'll throw you some names and then tell me who your thoughts are. Jalen Brown is a conversation. Ben Simmons is a conversation. Malcolm Brogdon is a conversation. Jason Tatum, Chris Middleton, Kyle Lowry, Spencer Dinwiddie, Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, Trey Young, Jimmy Butler. That's the list. How many do I have to pick? One, one guy to one. start be the next starting guard. Bradley Beal. Okay. 27 points, I believe, is career high for him. Like we're, I think we're finally seeing like healthy, potential, prime Bradley Beal. The only problem is, is he plays for the Wizards, <laughs> and it's a shame because his contract, I guess in theory, makes him, make, can make him tradable, but at the same time, the reality of it is like no one's going to trade for him. You can't – I just don't know what you could do if you're an opposing franchise and you want Bradley Beal – now he's just stuck in Washington, so he can be a big, big stats, bad team guy. But I think sometimes you can tell even when they're stuck on a bad team. Like I don't know about, I don't know about Devin Booker. Um, I think Kevin Love falls in that category, unless he's the third or fourth best guy on your team on a title contender. Sure. But as like the guy or the number two guy, Kevin Love's kind of a big stats, bad team guy. Um, Bradley Beal, on the other hand, I think 
is just a good basketball player and could help anybody out. But you're just seeing, like, the potential because he's the by far their best player. He's got the green light. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. And I think just from a number standpoint and the play standpoint, he's deserved it. Okay. My answer is Jimmy Butler. And I went second because I, I, won't. I didn't want to bring up the Heat guy to the Heat fan too close, too soon. Jimmy Butler's on the second-best team in the Eastern Conference, and I think they're going to finish second in the East. I really do. Look at that roster. They have a whole bunch of interesting pieces, a whole bunch of young guys who are really overperforming. Yep. Uh, a guy who's taking a giant leap in Bam Adebayo, who we're going to have a conversation about later. But Jimmy Butler's the guy. I mean, he, he's the leader of that team. He's the best player by a considerable margin. He's the name that everyone is looking to as the leadership of that locker room. Eric Spolster plays a role, sure. Pat Riley plays a role, sure. But this is Jimmy Butler's squad, and they aren't overperforming expectations. They're blowing out expectations. People thought they were a playoff team. People didn't think second seed in the East. Yeah. No, no one thought that. And here they are. I think it's a huge part of Jimmy Butler. And he should get all the criticism this summer about, okay, if he was really about winning, if he was really about winning, wouldn't he have stuck around in Philadelphia? I think that's fair. But he's also shown now twice that if he's the guy on a team, maybe they're not going to win the title, but they're going to win a whole lot of games. Yeah, and like you can give credit to Jimmy for just assimilating to a team identity with the Heat and Spolster's offense, just the, the, the team ball movement. Um, that kind of goes to Jimmy Butler. I, I think he's career high in assists, career high in steals. Like He's maximizing his talent, but also not necessarily making it like the Jimmy Butler show featuring a bunch of guys that you've never heard of if you've never seen the Miami Heat play. So you can give him that credit, and then you can also just kind of look at it from the perspective that South Beach, Miami, this is the first place that Jimmy Butler's played that he chose to go to. So he's probably going to go into the situation with a more open mind because he chose to go there. He wasn't traded there. Um, he wasn't drafted there. So it should be like the best version of Jimmy Butler that we're ever going to see, right? And it's so far it's been that way. And then, like, I mean, they are 15.4 points better per 100 possessions with him on the floor. Yeah. I mean, like, he's a two-way player, and you could also look at, like you said, like they've got a bunch of young guys with Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn playing big veteran roles and big veteran minutes. Sure. And while they're all talented in their own right, I mean, it goes back to – it's just like it's when we compliment the young core for Oklahoma City, you're also complimenting the coaching of Billy Donovan and the leadership of Chris Paul indirectly sure. because it trickles down from them. So, yeah, you may not think of Jimmy Butler as a – as a leader, and that's fine because he's kind of deserved that reputation being a knucklehead. But so far, so so good for the Miami Heat, and you have to give a lot of that credit to Jimmy Butler. All right. Now the reserves in the Eastern Conference. This is where it gets a little bit more tricky. I have five locks. Ooh. And I, it was tough. It was really tough. Uh, we'll get to the one that I know you're excited to talk about right now, and I – Again, if you have any disagreement with this, go turn on these games and then tell me this guy does not deserve to be an all-star. Bam Adebayo yep. uh, for the Miami Heat has been stellar. He, he has been so, so good. And to no fault of their own, but Thunder fans should just be laughing at themselves for this summer when they were trying to trade Chris Paul for saying, and they should throw in Bam. They should just throw him in. And at the time, that seemed reasonable. I remember, but we didn't know this was coming. I remember doing spots with the Triple M Ranch with Kobe Daniels and uh, Sam Mays, and they would ask about that, and I would pro- I would tell them, if the Thunder can get that, they're going to win a title in like three or four years. 
with, right. with the young core they've got, if they're able to get Bam Adebayo as just a throwaway guy in this trade, right. like, oh my God, have they swindled the entire league. And it's, it's because, like, I mean, going into last season, Bam Adebayo wasn't a starter. I mean, they, they went with the James Johnson experience, and, and you know, he's, he's a good – he's an enforcer. Um, towards the end of the season last year when it became kind of the Dwayne Wade swan song, Bam got a lot more opportunities, a lot more starts, and you could see, like, this isn't just an athlete out there, like, dunking on everybody. Like, the athleticism is there, but we, like we talked about off air, his ability to see the floor and pass so good. is so damn good. And it goes back into what I talked about with Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolstra's team ball movement offense. Bam Adebayo is your – can he stretch the floor? No. Is there a potential there? I don't – maybe, I don't know. But he can still beat you by just not, you know, dunking on you or getting positioned down low for offensive or defensive boards. He can beat you just because he can see the floor like a, a point forward. He's such a cerebral player too, and I'm going to point out one play that stood when, stood out when they when Oklahoma City was playing against Miami recently. And it's a small thing. I'm not acting like this one play is the reason he should be an All Star, but I think it shows a little bit of kind of his style and what he does. The ball was on the right hand wing. Yeah. If you'll envision, if you'll play this mental game with me here. Right-hand wing. Ball's in the right-hand wing with Jimmy Butler. Bam Adebayo. There's Duncan Robinson sitting in the opposite corner. Bam Adebayo comes up, loudly is making noise, shouting to you know Duncan Robinson that he's coming to set a back screen. Mm-hmm. So what does the defender from Oklahoma City think? Who's Terrence Ferguson? What does that <laughs> defender think? It's a back screen. It's a backdoor cut. They're cutting to the basket from the opposite corner. Yep. This is going base. This is going to be a baseline cut up over the top. So Terrence Ferguson starts to get ready, turns his shoulders, and then, it, unbeknownst to him, because Terrence Ferguson's looking at Bam Adebayo and trying to keep an eye on Duncan Robinson, who's, who he is anticipating to cut, Bam Adebayo spins around, and the ball has swung to the opposite side of the court, and now it's a flare screen. Yeah. And so now Duncan Robinson is flying up to the to the uh, three-point line out on the wing, and he's by himself. And it's the mental game of getting a defensive player to think one thing without even having the ball or the ball coming to the guy you're screening for, or the ball being on the opposite side of the court, having nothing to do with what you're doing, but getting a defensive player to react in the wrong way so you can set up the next, the next screen that's coming, that's what he's been doing all year. And so his numbers, if you just look at box score numbers, they're impressive, but they're not jumping off the charts. You watch the game, he's another one of those guys, that every play it feels like he impacts. Yeah. Every single play. He's, he has been so, so good this year. So I think he's a lock easy. Okay, Ben Simmons? Lock? Yeah, okay. lock. It gets a ton of hate on Twitter. Everyone loves to hate on Ben Simmons. His defense has been unbelievable. His numbers are fair. He has bad games, and he has really, really good games. Yeah, His time will come in the postseason. Demonis Sabonis, I think, is another guy who maybe Oklahoma City fans don't want to hear this, but right now, without Victor Oladipo at full health, he is their best player by considerable margin. Mm-hmm. He has been awesome this year. Who, do you, who would you take, Bam or Demonis? Bam. I think so. From an athletic standpoint, is that what puts it over? Because they, they can beat you in similar ways with their passing ability. I think Bam is a drastically better defender than Demonis. Nah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Offensively, because Demonis can offensive rebound, and he's a good defensive rebounder, I think that is a lot more towards him. So I think you're really choosing between, do I want a guy who can guard off all five positions, or do I want a guy who can give me 17 rebounds on any given night? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there's a wrong choice there. That seems like a pretty good option either way. <laughs> uh, but I think I would take Bam. I think I'd take Bam. I'm excited to see what Sabonis can do when Victor is not just healthy and on the floor, but, you know, about a month or two, like once he's acclimated to the game of basketball. I'd like to see – I'm interested to see if that 
decreases Demonis's numbers but doesn't decrease his impact. Sure. All right, so we got two more spots here. These are my locks. Let me know if you disagree. I have Malcolm Brogdon. Indiana has been really, really good this year. Uh, again, without Victor Oladipo, some people thought they were going to be below 500 before he got back, and maybe they could make a late playoff push. They've been really good this season. Uh, and I mean, they're currently sitting in the sixth seed, but obviously they're tied with the five seed. They're two games behind the two seed with the Miami Heat. They've been one of the better teams in the league, and the on-off numbers tell me that their offense goes from their defense is good all the time. Their offense goes from good to real bad, real quick when Brogdon's off the floor. Yep. And if you, again, if you watch those games, he's the guy initiating everything. He's the guy getting people to their spots and making the passes and being a distributor. I love Malcolm Brogdon. I always have, ever since his rookie year with Milwaukee. I'm a little biased. But I, I think being on... Well, it's, cause it's, one, it's simply because T.J. Warren's not in Jimmy Butler's fucking league. Do you know who the leading scorer is <laughs> on the team, by the way? On Indiana? Um, would it be Sabonis? It's T.J. Warren. It is T.J. Warren. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How hilarious is that? Uh, way to go, T.J. Warren. I mean, remember that first game in Indiana against the Thunder? T.J. Warren looked like fucking Kawhi Leonard. Just hitting every baseline That's jumper. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, yeah, so I, I got Malcolm Brogdon on there. If everyone wants to throw a huge fit about it, I know he's a bubble guy for a lot of people. He's not a bubble guy for me. I think his impact on both ends has just been so good. Yeah. And this Indiana team without him. Is, Sabonis is their best player right now, but because of the fact that they don't have any other guards, he's their most important player. You'll see how important he is uh, when Milwaukee's in the postseason without him. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I think it – but – if Sabonis missed three weeks, I think Indiana could maintain. If Malcolm Brogdon missed three weeks or a month, yeah, who's, they've who's, got, who's doing anything on the perimeter? Yeah, they have nothing. Yeah. They have absolutely nothing. And then Jalen Brown is my last lock. Now, this one came down to basically, do you think Jalen Brown is more important than Jason Tatum? I, I assume that's going to be the – I don't know if you agree with me. I don't think Boston deserves to have three all-stars no. in the game. No. So you're picking between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I'm always going to lean a little bit more towards a guy who could do it on both ends. And Jason Tatum is a good defender. Jalen Brown has been really good for a long time uh, this season. And I think offensively, too, he can just – I don't know how to say this. Jason Tatum has the higher ceiling and has shown that he can do more. But Jalen Brown is actually doing more. Yeah. The it feels like Jalen Brown is not settling near as much as Jason Tatum. And that's certainly, that's certainly an angle you can take. Like, okay, who would coaches vote in? Like if, if that's what we're going to talk about, yeah. then yeah, whoever's doing the most right now to actually help their team win, coaches identify that. Yeah, it's like yeah, I'm de- terrified of Jason Tatum going thirty and just leaving him wide open. And he just has a good night, but in terms of consistency, I think Jalen Brown's fine. So I mean, I mean, I, I hate to just agree with everything you say, but uh, for podcasting purposes, but okay, I can't well, argue. Here's the argument coming up now. So we both have Beal in. Yep, I, I'm going. Beal was a guy on the bubble for me. And it's just because the Wizards are so bad. Uh, Dwight Powell out for the year. Achilles. It's not good. Um, he's been so bad in large part. Again, it's it's kind of not his fault. So, I put Beal in because they've won some games, more games than Phoenix has. I mean, they, they've, they've, they're vaguely in contention, but man, is it close. Yeah. So then you got one spot for all of these guys. I'm ready to hear your talk yourself through this one because it's a tough one. Jason Tatum, who we both kind of eliminated because Boston does not deserve three All-Stars, but I'll list him just because he's had a nice year. Yeah. Chris Middleton, Milwaukee's going to win basically win 70 games. And, and right po- now they, their point differential is insane. It's 12, the most in history. <laughs> no, sorry, 13, the most in history. Um, 
Chris Middleton, he would be the second all-star for maybe the team with the best point differential in history. So yeah. I feel like we should name him Kyle Lowry. Uh, there's some rumors going on out there about him not playing a lot. He's only missed 11 games. They, they um, When they didn't have Pascal Siakam for a good two or three weeks, like Kyle Lowry, like I mean, that was Kyle Lowry show, obviously. Sure. And like he still showed that he can move the needle and win you games. Sure. Trey Young, whose numbers, box scores, Excite- unbelievable. Excitement and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Zach Levine. Same. Uh, less of a degree, though. Mm-hmm. I would say not as exciting as Trey Young, but uh, I mean, his numbers, if you just look at you know points per game and all that stuff, it's really, really good. Can I sell you on the case that we don't? this guy does not need to make the game? We're going to eliminate him now, but we should mention him. He should just get brought up just as a formality to be nice. Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie kept the Nets afloat. Without yeah. him there in the, what, 12th seed? He was everything Kyrie was supposed to be while Kyrie was out. Yeah. He was out. He was unbelievable. Spencer Dinwiddie is a good player that is unfortunately going to be held back because of the team record. But it has little to do with him. Brooklyn was it's such a shame. It re- I mean, you can't say no to Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant just saying we want to play basketball for you. Like, you can't say no to that. But, man, they were on path to being a nice little fun team in the Eastern Conference, a team that could probably make some noise in a first-round upset. Sure. And who knows, maybe if they hit on a draft pick or two or if they're fortunate to get a higher-in-level role guy that isn't of the, obviously, the all-star level of a KD or Kyrie, but they don't give you the fucking headache that those guys bring. Right. They could have potentially played their way into a top-four seed in the East down the road because Kenny Atkinson in his system, like, it was working, clearly. Right. It's almost yeah. like they were the Brooklyn Nets from last year, where yeah. it's like, oh, okay, you just. And Spencer Dinwiddie is a big part of that. Now I don't think he should make it because now he's back to being a bench reserve. But I mean, it's really hard to imagine this Brooklyn Nets team is anywhere close to where they are right now if Spencer Dinwiddie didn't play lights out for a month and a half. If Kyrie gets his wish, and uh, what do he say? We obviously need help, or we don't have the guys. Yeah, we need more pieces. Uh, or something if like that. Spencer gets traded, Karis That's a mistake. Gets, gets traded, like somebody's going to get traded off that team and be a star and thrive in whatever team. It, whatever team they go to. Like, imagine Spencer Dibwitty on the Thunder in the next few years. Imagine that. That'd be fun. I would love that. You can keep on. You can keep trying to do the three-guard lineup after Chris Paul's gone. Sure. I would say I just made that big case about Malcolm Brogdon, right? I think you could switch those two guys and Indiana's kind of in the same place. Like, he's shown me now in two seasons in a row that by himself as basically the perimeter, the yep. guard on the floor, he can carry an offense to be really effective. Yeah, I wish we could see. I, I wish we could see him on a team where he was the point guard. I don't think he could be the best player on our championship team, but I think he could be a starting point guard. Yeah. So, just a little love there for Spencer Dinwiddie. Okay, so one player, you get one choice, sir, out of Jason Tatum, Chris Middleton, Kyle Lowry, Zach Levine, Trey Young, Spencer Dinwiddie. I agree with the Boston thing, so I guess no Tatum. Although I think realistically, name recognition-wise, star potential-wise, he's going to be it. He's going to get picked over Jalen Brown. He yeah. absolutely will be. Um, but in this scenario, and I'm, I'm sorry, OU fans, like Boomer Sooner and all that, but not Trey Young. Nine games, man. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. At some point it just becomes – because like I said earlier, um, it's a little hypocritical to like for me to say, well, I'm going to hold this against this player, but I'm not going to hold that same standard against this other player. Like – 
you have like a standard and then you get into some gray areas, but then some, at some point you're, you're talking about a player and something is so drastically bad. Like it's the Russell Westbrook thing. Like show me the lineup that he helps make better. Yeah. It becomes so bad and so glaring that you can't ignore it and it keeps you from going all in on this guy. Now, if Trey Young makes the all-star game, it'll be exciting and he'll be deserving because individually and from an athletic standpoint, he's got everything that you want in an all-star. And Atlanta is excited about the potential that is Trey Young. But out of those guys, like, for the reason I kind of brought up, Kyle Lowry. Like, did anyone have any expectations for Toronto outside of just uh, Pascal Siakam's good? I don't know what else they can do. Pascal Siakam was out for three weeks, and Kyle Lowry kept that team afloat and and didn't just keep them afloat, but played at a Kyle Lowry all-star level. So I'm not going to give it to him because you've got the team success. You've got the individual success. Um, he, helps make, he, he helps teams play better. He's a good basketball player, and so out of those names, I'm going to go Kyle Lowry, even though I know that that's probably the more boring, safe little bet to go with. Yeah, too many Boston Celtics, so I eliminate Jason Tatum. And I also think he he is treading on territory that I am not a fan of, which is, oh, yeah, I forgot he was out there tonight. Yeah. There's like six minutes where just sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot, shit, Jason Tatum's out Harden does that in the postseason a lot with me. Where yeah. I, where I, and a lot of it, I remember like watching Andre Iverson check him in yeah. the 2016-17 playoffs, and I think it was game four where the Thunder had a lead and they lost um, to go down 3-1. Going into the fourth quarter, like, James Harden had six points on, like, five attempts. Sure. And it's like Andre just shut him down, and I forgot that he was out there. Like, that should never happen. Right. So, we have the exact same Eastern Conference All-Stars because I also have Kyle Lowry. Okay, cool. Yeah. Trey Young, it's the same thing with Devin Booker for me. I could fully admit he's crazy talented. His numbers are awesome. In the Eastern Conference, with all of those guys, and I know they're young, but all those players, they should win more than nine games. I'm just sorry. They just should. I'm not expecting them to be 500. Phoenix maybe should be 500. And the thing with Chris Middleton, I I just can't help but think. It's kind of like the Draymond Green thing with me. You put Draymond Green on any other team, like back in his prime, he doesn't have the same impact or success. I I think Chris Middleton is a little bit in that, well, shit. The Buck, the Bucks are so good. They have to have a second one, right? Yeah, I, I think. And Chris Middleton's a fine player, and he's going to help a lot of teams. But I don't think he's an All Star. No. I, I just don't. Like last I year, he, I didn't think he was last year. He just made it basically on the fact that he made a bunch of threes per game. Mm-hmm. Like made threes is, was the biggest reason that he made it. Like when and you I think just, when you think All Star, you think Trey Young over Chris Middleton, even though Chris Middleton is helping a team win more basketball games. But when you're thinking All Star. So you got to take Chris Middleton over Trey Young. I don't know. I mean, if it's between them two, like Trey Young is quite literally the worst defender in the league. Oh yeah, and there's no hope there. Yeah, so I, I'm gonna go there. All right, I'm gonna surprise somebody. Tell me one or two. Pick a number. Between what? One or two. Just pick one or two. Uh, two. Okay. So do you want to go first or second? Second. Okay. All right, we're gonna do an NBA All Star draft. I just sent you our All Stars in a text message, so you wouldn't have to keep up with it. Oh yes. Look at you already. Yep. Okay. So uh, we have the exact same all-star teams, except for you have Paul George in. I have John Morant in the Western Conference. So I can draft John Morant, and you can draft Paul George. Okay. The only rule I'm putting on this is this is an actual basketball game. Yep. So, like, you probably want to have some people at multiple positions. And the first two picks have to be either be Giannis or LeBron or LeBron than Giannis. So that way we're at least mirroring what's going on. Yep. And I'm sure you're familiar with snake draft format. So you're going to get the second and third pick, and I'm going to get the third and fourth. Okay. Or sorry, the fourth, fourth and fifth. fifth. Okay, so this is going to be a hard edit. I'm not gonna, here's what I'm going to tell people. 
we already drafted this once. Yeah. I already surprised Brady with the draft once. Yeah. And I screwed up. I, uh, I forgot to put Ben Simmons on the list. So we got to the end, and I had 11 players, and Brady had 12, and we had to work backwards from there. So we're redrafting now. Now with Ben Simmons on the list. Oh, yeah. So we're going snake draft style. Brady gets the second pick. And uh, the, the rules of this draft were Giannis, go, or Giannis and LeBron go 1-2. Yeah. Just so the captains are on their correct team. Then after that, we're basically just drafting. Yeah. So Brady's first pick was Luka. So now I'm on the clock with two picks in a row because we go snake draft style like real men. <laughs> and uh, I think I'm going to go Kawhi. Yeah. Because I like winning titles. <laughs> And next to Giannis is a little difficult to pair people with. So I think I'm going to go Bradley Beal. Bastard. <laughs> I already hate this draft. <laughs> <laughs> I did not get Bradley Beal in the first draft. No. I um, did not. Okay. I'll, so you get two picks in a row. I'll go Harden and um, Jokic. Wow. Okay. Harden and Jokic. On this team, Harden is just going to be relegated to spotting up. <laughs> I don't think Harden will like that very much. Well, he's going to have to assimilate. Okay, so I have Kawhi, Bradley Beal, and Giannis. Hmm. I'm going to go... Man, this is tough. Mm, this is pretty hard. It is hard. Do I just go talent? Do I try to make the fit as good as possible? Man, the people out there on Twitter are going to be voting on this. I'm going to go Anthony Davis, Jimmy Butler. I think you had those in the first draft. I did. I did. I did. Um, okay. I guess I will go. Hmm. Let's just hope we don't screw this draft up this time. I'll go Donovan Mitchell. Ooh, and, I had Donovan last time. And Pascal Siakam, because I wanted both of them. <laughs> All right, so Mitchell and Siakam on your team. So I'm going to go – my starting lineup right now is Bradley Beal, Jimmy Butler, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Tetacumbo. Yep. Wolf. <laughs> Who do I got? LeBron, Luka. LeBron, Luka, Harden, Jokic, Jokic Mitchell, and Siakam. I like it. So I'm going to go Lillard and Bam. Is my next two picks. Joel Embiid is still on the on the board. Yep. The problem with Joel is he. I mean, I was going to say um, my philosophy in the last one was just go big with uh, passing center. So I'll go Joel Embiid and Sabonis because you got Bam once again. Okay, so you get Sabonis and Embiid. Sabonis, Embiid. Okay. So, now for me, I can pick two of Ingram, Gobert, Chris Paul, John Morant for me. Brady has the option to pick Paul George because that was his difference. Uh, Kimball Walker, Malcolm Brogdon, Jalen Brown, Kyle Lowry. I am going to go... I feel like I'm huge. AD, Giannis, and Bam. Oh, yeah. I'm so big. I got Jokic... Joel Embiid, LeBron. I'm so, so big. Um, you know, bigger. <laughs> I'm going to go Ingram and Jalen Brown. 
which I think were actually our last two picks in the last draft. Mm -hmm. I will go. I'm going to go Paul George, Jalen Brown, short my defense. I just took Jalen Brown, sir. Oh, no, you did. Um, Paul George and Brogdon, excuse me. Malcolm Brogdon. Again, I'm shocked with you taking Brogdon. I feel like I kind of had to talk you into being on the all-star team. Well, I'm trying to think of just, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do fit and what guys can do multiple things. I've got my one-sided player in James Harden. Uh, I'm going to go Kimba Walker, who somehow is a starter, but is just now going in the draft. And Kyle Lowry. So that gives me one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The Pauls, Chris and Paul George. You have PG. Or he did? Yeah. Chris Paul and... Gobert? Nope. Chris Paul and... Who else is left? I don't know. How do we screw this up twice? <laughs> LeBron, Luka, Harden, Kawhi, Anthony Davis, Donovan Mitchell, Jokic, Ingram, Lillard, Gobert is left. Yeah. Chris Paul is left. Okay. Gobert and Chris Paul are left. The East, Kimball Walker I have, Jimmy Butler I have, Bradley Beal I have. Apparently I love the East. Giannis I have. Embiid you have, Pascal, Bam, Sabonis, Malcolm Brogdon, Jalen Brown, Kyle Lowry, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons once again. I don't want Ben Simmons. Like yeah. I, I avoid him like the plague. So you can either you Chris Paul, Gobert, or Ben Simmons. I guess I'll go Chris Paul and Gobert. Okay. Even though I don't want Gobert, but I'd rather have him over Ben Simmons. So Ben Simmons for me, Chris Paul and Gobert for you. Yep. You're huge. You're so big. Thank you so much. Uh, okay. So here are the teams. Brady Trantham took LeBron, Luka, Harden, Jokic, Mitchell, Siakam, Sabonis, Embiid, Paul George, Malcolm Brogdon, Chris Paul, Rigo Bear. I win. Giannis Kawhi, Bradley Beal, Anthony Davis, Jimmy Butler, Lillard, Bam, Ingram, Jalen Brown, Kimba Walker, Kyle Lowry, Ben Simmons. I win. My friend. I win. My friend. What is the new age of basketball? <sighs> Shooting threes. I got two guys on my team who can't shoot. Ben Simmons isn't playing. <laughs> he's filling up water bottles at the end of the bench. Yeah. Giannis is the only player, and he's my best player, who can't shoot threes. Everyone else can shoot. Everyone else. Who can't shoot on my team besides the big? Siakam is not a great three-point shooter. Sabonis can only shoot from the corner. Embiid can't shoot. There was a lot of ball movement on Rudy that Gobert. team. There was a lot of ball movement on that team. A lot of huge bodies clogging up the paint is what I see. A lot of clogging of the paint. Drive, I dare you. <laughs> I dare you, Giannis. I mean, you've got Giannis on your team. If you got Giannis on the opposing team, that's you fair. just got to clog up the paint. That's, that's the whole. That's the whole point. That's fair. All right, we'll post these on Twitter and have everyone vote. We'll have everyone vote uh, on who they think win. Who thought? Who they thought? They're going the to pick yours. You think so? Oh yeah. I don't know. You got Chris Paul. They're just going to see three point shooting, and that's it, because that's all that matters. 
is just three-point shooting. I think I got a good mix here. That's why the Spurs won a title last year as the leading the league in three-pointers. Percentage, not makes, though, right? Um, one of those things. I think it's a percentage. Yeah. All right, man. This is a longer podcast for us. This is going to be just under an hour. It worked. But it's the All-Star podcast. It was fun. It was. I enjoy stuff like this. I told you just before we got on, I like ranking players. It's I like talking about why this guy's better than that guy, even though they don't play the same position. I find that stuff a ton of fun. Yeah. It works. Okay. Well, you and I are at the press, as we are every single Wednesday during lunchtime. Thank you to the press for having us out here at the Plaza Dish. Great, great place to grab a drink or some food. Until next week, Brady. Adios, See you then. Listen to Chisholm Holland weekdays from 6 to 8 p.m. on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise in Tulsa. Follow him on Twitter at Chisholm Holland. Subscribe, rate, and review all the podcasts in the Franchise Podcast Network. The Sam Mays Podcast, All In, Inside OU, OKC82, and Intimate with TV's Jerry can be found in all the places you listen to your podcasts. Seriously, just subscribe. You don't even have to listen.